over the last few weeks, you've noticed I've been, I've been preaching on shaking. And my text has come from Luke 22, 31, and 32, which basically says that Jesus looks at Peter and shakes him and says, listen to me, the devil has sought to sift you as wheat. And that word sift there in the Greek means an, a shaking, an inward agitation, something that will shake you on the inside so bad that it's, it's designed from the devil to destroy you. And Jesus looks at Peter and tells him this, Peter, the devil has sought to sift you, shake you inwardly so bad that you will turn from me and go a different route. And then Jesus looks at him and says, but Peter, I have prayed that your faith will not fail you. He didn't pray, Peter, that, that I pray that this does not happen. He did not pray, Peter, that you will not go through this, that it goes away from you. But he simply says, Peter, I have prayed that your faith will stand strong, that it will hold on. And then he tells him in, verse, in, in chapter um, 30, in verse 33, Jesus said, I pray to you that your faith will not fail you when you are converted, turn and strengthen your brother. The word converted means their turn. He said, I pray that your faith will not shake you, but when you are converted, or turn, the Greek Hebrew word means, strengthen your brethren. And that, like I say, a couple weeks I said, that got to me. We often read that, that scripture, and we often kind of just read over the top of it real fast that Jesus says, listen, Satan's coming after you. And, and basically that's where we ended at. We don't get the concept of what Jesus is telling him. Listen, your life is going to experience a shaking that is coming from the enemy because the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy your life. You're going to go through a shaking in your life, an inward agitation, an inside shaking that nobody else may be even aware of that you're battling in your mind and you're battling. It's an inward thing. And that's where the playground, that's where the battlefield of the devil is. It is in the mind. That's the reason Jesus speaks so much about renewing your mind and give, gives Paul these revelations about being strengthened in your mind and daily renewing it because the moment you don't renew your mind in Christ Jesus, Jesus is the moment the devil steps in just that quick and that's what happened to Peter just that that quick it wasn't a gradual fall with Peter it wasn't like we've seen with Judas where over his time he started sticking the money back and sticking the money back and having ulterior motives that was a gradual shaking that was a gradual push away but Peter's was sudden because Jesus tells him this he tells him listen Satan has sought to, sit, sought, has sought to sift you as wheat but I have prayed that your faith will not fail you. And when you are turned, strengthen your brother. And Peter's like, mm, that ain't me. That's not going to happen to me. In Matthew chapter 26, you to notice something. 26 verse 30. Y'all are quiet this morning. Matthew 26 and 30, it says, listen, they had just had the Lord's Supper, and they're all happy. Here in verse 30, it picks up, it says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, all you will be, all you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written. Peter ain't the only one that was shaken that night. 
He's the only one that we pick out of the bunch. But the rest of them, he told them right here, all y'all will be made to stumble this night. There is something coming to each and every one of you that is going to try your faith. And I'm here to tell you today, it's the same today. There is something coming to each and every person in here that will try your faith. That will see what kind of foundation you have in your life. He says in verse 32, but after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. But Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Huh. And Matthew, after Jesus has told Peter, listen, you're going to deny me. You're going to, Satan's coming after you. Here he says, everybody else may stumble. Not me. Not me. Look at me. I'm Peter. I'm the, I'm the rock. You give, I had the revelation of who you are, Jesus. I saw you. I was with you on Mount Transfiguration and seen you change. I seen all these things happen. I was the one who got out of the boat and walked on the stormy sea. I done all these to you, with you, Jesus. I'm not going to stumble. All you may stumble, but I'm not going to stumble. And Jesus is like, Peter, I'll, I'll give you even greater revelation of that. Peter, before the night is over, you'll deny me three times. And Peter goes on to say, Lord, I'll go with you on to the cross. I'll go with you. I'll go with you to death. And, and Jesus is like, Peter, you're not getting. There is a shaking coming to your life that the devil is after you. And I'm not praying that it gets taken away from you. But I'm praying that your faith holds on in all the shaking. And all the, I'm praying that your faith will not fail you. How many people do we have in here that go through the shaking that your faith fails? When I had the Jenga blocks up here a couple of weeks ago and they toppled over, Lori brought something to my attention. Because I said, once you start building your life and pulling the pieces out and building your life, the more unstable your foundation gets because you're the one who's building. And the higher you build your life, the, the, you get more away from the foundation which is just built on. But when the, when the blocks tumbled, she said, the bottom three never moved. When it comes to that point, as long as your foundation is built on him, and he is the chief cornerstone, that's the reason he tells them that. I'm the chief cornerstone because back in those days when they built a building, they set one corner, which was the chief cornerstone, and built everything around that measured everything off of that one corner. So he says, if I am the chief cornerstone and you build your life upon my foundation, my rock, you may go through things and you may get up here, but the moment you get up there, there's going to come a shaking in your life that will topple you over. But as long as your foundation is still in him, it will not move. Even though your life just went chaotic, your life just went out of hand, your life just went to, to a rim you've never known before. You don't know why, but it has happened. But you look at the foundation and it's still there never moved and he's saying that's what he tells Peter when you're converted I, I believe he answered Peter I believe he told him your faith's going to be shaken but you're going to fail when he said that when you turn back strengthen your brother because they need you because 
they are shaken too. And actually, they're going to look to you. And the only way you can become Peter, the only way you can become the rock that the church is built on, the only way you can become that is to go through this shaking. You don't figure out you are Peter until after the shaking. Without the shaking, he's the man that it's all me. Look at me. Look what I've done. Look where I've been with Jesus. Look at the storms I've been through him with. It's all him. But through the shaking and through the process of the shaking, when he's in the boats, like I say, after the third time Jesus has done come to them, you would think the first time when they're locked in a room and that Jesus shows up in the middle and they're all there, that Peter would turn and be like, oh, Lord, it is you. I turn my life back over to you. I give it to you. You are right. I was wrong. Forgive me. I'll come back to you. But nope. He don't say that. He goes out because Thomas is not there. Thomas gets back there. Jesus comes back in the room. They're locked in. That's what the devil's, the devil's design is in during the shaking. Seclude you. If I can pull you away from everybody else and draw you and get you to lock yourself in a room and get you warring in your mind, well, was Jesus really the Messiah? That all the things I experienced, are they really true? Look, he's dead. Is it, it's all these things. And that's where he wants to get you, saying the what if game. You've, been, you've seen the glory of God in your life. You've seen the presence of God in your life. You've seen God come through for you in your life. And this morning you may have locked, because of a shaking in your life, you may have locked yourself in a room and the devil's beating you down. Well, was it really God? Did he really say that? Did he really get you through that? Was it just coincidence? All these things. And Jesus shows up. But you're too focused on your circumstance. You're too focused on the shaking that has happened to realize it's him in the room. So he leaves, comes back and shows himself to Thomas and lets him even feel. I mean, at that point, Peter should have been like, and, and the rest of the disciples, Lord, forgive us. We denied you that night. We ran. We fled. We, we, we turned our back on you. But nope, still not then. So the third time we find him in a boat, on a sea, gone back to his old ways because the devil has played in his mind so much that he's believed he's not a fisher of men anymore. I must have missed the call, Lord. My hope's gone. You died. Everything's gone. I must have missed your call because of the shaking that happened in my life. Because this wouldn't have happened if you would have been who you said you would have been. This... This wouldn't have happened, Lord, if I would have really been the rock that you said I was. You changed my name, Lord. You did that. Am I speaking to anybody? It's not my fault, but you did this to me, Lord. I'm just going to go back. I'm going to go back to my old life. I'm going to go back to fishing. I'm going to go back there. That's what I'm going to do. The shaking is not designed for you to go back. The shaking is to reveal of who you are to become. Even though it's a, he allows it by the devil. Because some people say, well, God will never allow that to happen in my life. I'm sorry, but he will allow it. But he always allows it for his glory. Okay? I thought about this the other day, about people that, gets, that's, that, that I pray for, you pray for, and they don't receive their healing. This is what come to my mind. Well, if they received it, would they glorify me? 
Because in John chapter 11, we read about one of Jesus' best friends and closest family, Lazarus, dying. And they come to him and say, Lazarus is, is, is dead. You need to come quick. And Jesus tells his disciples this. This is not unto death, but this is to glorify me. So will he heal you if you're not going to glorify him? Tough question. Will he heal you if it's not going to be a testimony of what he's done for your life? Tough question. Will he touch you if you're not going to give him the glory? If, if this wouldn't, I don't think, if, if they wouldn't have glorified God in Lazarus' death, I don't think he would have showed up. But he told them, this ain't unto death, but this is for my glory. He knew that through his healing that he would get all the glory out of it. So can I tell you, if you're praying to God for a healing or praying for something in your life, in the shaking, and they were going through a shaking too. God shook their world. Their brother Lazarus has died unexpectedly. He's a friend of God. They, they, they've opened their house to Jesus. They feed him. They do everything. They learn from him. They're servants. All this, they're going through a shaking of themselves. But the shaking is to reveal the glory of God in your life. If you allow it. It wasn't until Peter when he's in the boat. And John says it's Jesus on the shore. That he jumped out. We said this a couple weeks ago. He jumped out. Jesus didn't walk on the water this time to him. Jesus didn't even tell him to come on Peter. Come, come, come see me. But Peter had to make the decision in his shaking. That I'm going to jump out of this boat. I'm going to jump out of the life that I think that is a familiar life because I know how to do it. Peter knew how to fish. He'd done it all his life. It was his business. It was what he'd done. He says, I'm going to leave something that I'm familiar with this time, and I'm never going to go back to it. Are you willing to give something like that up in your life? The shaking reveals what God wants to do in your life. But a lot of people don't see it that way. A lot of people turn back, and they walk away from God. Then they question God, God, was it really you? Was it really, oh, yes, stuff comes. Stuff happens in your life. But it's for the glory. Everything should glorify God. Everything should glorify God. In Exodus 19, we see Mount Sinai was completely in smoke, it says, because the Lord descended upon it. Fire was on it, up on it. it and and, it's, and the, it says the mountain smoked. The whole mountain quaked greatly, it said. It was shaking. And in chapter 20, all the people, it said, witnessed the thunderings, the lightnings, the flashing, the sound of the trumpet, the smoke, the shaking. All the people witnessed the glory of God descend up on the top of that mountain. They watched it. All the people witnessed the plagues that happened in Egypt. All the people witnessed the death angel pass by their door. All the people witnessed the Red Sea parting and they walk across on dry ground. All the people witnessed what God done for them in their life. And they're sitting there at the base of a mountain watching thunders and lightnings and a trumpet come from the top. And all in the mountains shake and, and watching Moses going up. They are witnessing this in their life. And in verse 20. Chapter 20 and verse 20, it says, Moses said to the people, do not fear. 
For God has come to test you. Hmm. He's come to test you. Well, what is he testing us about? We were told to stay down here. We were told if we even touch the base of the mountain, we'll die. If an animal even walks to the base of that mountain right now, it's going to die. So how is he testing us? How is this happening? And Moses descends on up to the mountain. And he's sitting there, and he's getting the Ten Commandments on and the design of the temple. And he's up there for 40 days. Aaron is in charge, which will be the priest. He's a Levite. He's in charge of watching over the people as he's up there. And the people said this, because Moses delays his coming, build us an image, a God. What do you do in the delay of the shaking? What do you do while you're sitting there waiting in the midst of your shaking? Because the same thing that God blessed them with, all the gold they got, the, all the gold and silver and everything that the Egyptians give them and said, just get out of here. He blessed them abundantly with all this. All the things that he blessed them with in the delay and the shaking became an idol to them. And so in the midst of that, in the midst of the delay, they go to Aaron and says, build us a, a golden calf. And they bring the gold and they build it. A lot of times in the shaking and the delaying and the waiting, you, think, you take the very thing God blessed you with and you make an idol out of it. And you start worshiping it. He may have blessed you with good finances. But in the middle of something, you turn to your finances to be your provider instead of him to be your provider. In the middle of something, the thing he blessed you with, he, he's saying you can't look to that. I blessed you with it, but you've got to look to me to this. You experienced all this. And then they blame it on Aaron. And then in the midst of all, when God comes down, when he hears all that's going on, he tells Moses, listen, you need to get down there to these people. They're going crazy on you. Exodus chapter 13, verse 12, Moses came down after God, uh, after God was basically going to wipe them off. That was it. I've done all this from them. You're up here. I'm, I'm through with them. I'm wiping them off the face of the earth. And Moses pleads for them. And God does not do it. And, and Moses comes on down the mountain. And in Exodus chapter 32, verse 17, Joshua says he hears a noise of the people as they shouted. This, I believe, is a lot of Christians and a lot of churches. We put out a lot of noise. We put out a lot of shout. But what kind of noise and what kind of shout is it in the delay? Because he says in Exodus 13 and 17, Joshua hears the noise of the people as they shouted. What kind of noise was it? He says, the, Joshua says there's a noise of war in the camp. But Moses looks at him and said, no, it's the noise. It is not the noise of the shout of a victory. <laughs> There's been a lot of noise and a lot of things happening. And Jesus knows the real and the fake. Joshua is saying, listen, there's a noise happening. There's a shout happening. There's war going on in the camp. Moses looked at him and said, yeah, there's a shout and there's, uh, there's a noise, but it's not one of victory, of a battle. It's one of something else that's going on. There's something else happening 
and they're shouting and worshiping, and the noises happen because they're worshiping an idol. The very thing that was meant to bless them turned into a cursing, and they shouted, and a lot of you, Lord, help me, Jesus. There's a lot of noise. Am, am, do I love a, a shout? Yeah, I love a shout. But what kind of shout is it? What kind of noise? And I believe a lot of our churches have been making noise without the glory of the Lord, without the presence of the Lord. And the thing that God wanted to bless them with, they'd come and set up an idol of it. Just like this morning when Phillips went here, just like I believe, a, Lord, I believe a lot of churches have set so much focus on the people doing worship that they do come in and shout. They do come in and make a noise, but the Lord is like, hmm. that's the noise and the shout after they made somebody an idol. And I didn't even know this was going this way this morning. I had no idea. So this morning when Philip wasn't here, I just felt a resistance. Like, well, Philip's not here. Well, so what? Is God here? If I, if I don't show up to church on Sundays and I'm not the one sitting behind the pulpit and y'all say, well, pastor ain't here, well, does it matter? If you're coming because of me, thank you. But you're coming for the wrong reason. If you're coming because we have, we have good worship, and thank you, but you're coming for the wrong reason. You should be coming to experience the power and the glory of God in your life. That's the only reason you should be coming is experience the who He is in your life. Lord, help me. I believe we put out a lot of noise and a shout, and we, our noise and a shout has been for people and, and things instead of the presence and the glory of God. Somebody say amen. Y'all are quiet this morning. God done went through three pages. Say amen. The shaking, like I said, was never meant. It, it's to reveal who you, God wants you to be. And reveal the glory of God in your life. Ever which way it comes. We bring on a shaking in our life a lot of times on ourselves. Oh yeah. It ain't got nothing to do with the devil. And we blame it on the devil. And we get ourselves in the mess. And we get our life shaking. And, and we're shaking. We're like, God, why did you allow the devil to do this? I didn't allow the devil to do that. You, you let that happen yourself. You done that on your own way. Why? How? How did I do that, Lord? I can tell you how. By not seeking him first. The moment you do anything on your own without seeking God first is the moment you can cause a self-shaking in your life on your own self. He says, seek me first. And everything that you do, seek me Seek me all the time for before every decision, before every anything in your life that's going to go to the circumstance or anything that you're going to do that may change your life or change a situation. He says, seek me first because the moment you don't seek me and you take it into your own hands is the moment you wreck your life. Seek me 
first. John 16 and 30 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Casey, I mean Casey, Kevin, if you want to come back up here and shut me down. I have overcome the world. In the world, you'll have tribulations. He said, you'll have, you'll have those moments that your life gets shaken. Will there be more than one? I'm afraid to tell you, yeah. But it's not designed to drive you away from God. It's designed to drive you to God and put all your trust in Him. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. Be good. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above your able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Oh, that's a hard, hard, hard scripture. I've heard lots of times, Brother Bird, people say that. Lord, you said you'd put no more on me than I can bear. You'd make a way of escape. But I feel like I just can't. I feel like this is going to bring me to an end. Let me encourage you this morning. You may be in that place this morning. But can I tell you, if you're still here, then there's a way. The shaking is not meant to stay. The shaking is meant to pass. How long you stay in it could be up to you. If Peter would have stayed in the boat, this was the third time Jesus showed up to him. If John hollered out and said, Jesus is on the shore, and he'd have been like, and never got out, guess what? He would have still been shaken. Until he decided to jump out of that boat, if Peter could live and live, if he was still sitting there in the boat today, old and great, he would still be shaken. So ever how long you stay there, it's totally up to you. But the moment Jesus shows himself to you is the moment you need to jump out of the boat and go after him. That is the moment that you need to do that. That is, and I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. You've been through some stuff. You've gone through the stuff. Your life has been shaken, and you have inwardly been shaken, and God is showing himself to you this morning and says, if you will jump out of the boat and come back to me, the shaking, everything that you've told for, everything that you worked for, that night was a repeat of of Peter's conversion that night that they went back fishing it said he toiled all night and he caught nothing the same thing happened when he got converted he toiled all night caught nothing so you're living a repeat of something that happened a long time ago but if you don't decide to get out of the boats then you'll keep reliving and reliving and reliving and reliving and reliving they were struggling for fish and the thing you struggle for in your own situation Jesus already provided on the shore when he swam to him he seen a fire he seen fish he seen everything that they were struggling for he already had provision for so when you decide to get out of your boat in the midst of the shaking the very thing you've been struggling with and for Jesus says I've got you you just got to make that decision to get out, to get out. If you would stand with me.
say, Peter never asked for this. But God told him it was, or Jesus told him it was coming. And Peter did turn back. And he did strengthen his brother. And he did feed his sheep. And he did go tarry in the upper room. And he did wait for, for the Holy Ghost to come. And he did stand up and preach. And 3,000 people were saved. And the church was born. And the word of God went through all the region and, and is still going today because of Peter. But without the shaking, he never becomes that. Never realizes who he really is. Your shaking is designed to strengthen you for the glory of God and reveal what God can do in your life. Lord, I thank you today. Lord, if there's somebody in here this morning that you have spoken to that's going through a shaking in their life, God, I pray that they jump out of the boat this morning. They don't have to keep enduring the same thing over and over. They don't have to keep reliving the same situation over and over. Lord, but this morning you are standing on the shore with the substance of the things they're struggling for ready to provide. God, and through this shaking, they'll realize how strong their foundation is in you, that you can build, God, them for the kingdom of God. If that's you this morning, I pray that you move right now. These altars are open. The devil will have it no other way but to keep you locked in a room or secluded on a boat every night, toiling and tearing and having nothing. This morning these altars are open.